welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Today, David has a special guest, Sharna Prasad, who is in charge of a group in Oregon called the Paniacs. So, Tom, thank you. Um, I'm very excited about having Sharna on their show. I met Sharna, I guess, I guess maybe three years ago in Seattle at a, at a common meeting. And Sharna caught my attention because she is very enthusiastic about treating pain. And I'm letting her introduce herself, but I want to preface this by saying that the data research shows that less than 20% of physicians are comfortable treating chronic pain. They look at it as a condition to be managed. And then the surveys also show that less than 1% of physicians actually enjoy treating it. And as you all well know, I'm very excited about treating chronic pain. This has been by far the way the most rewarding aspect of my career. And there's a handful of us that is rapidly growing that looks at chronic pain as something to be cured and solved, not just to be managed. Sharna epitomizes that whole process. And Sharna, let me have you introduce yourself a little bit. This is Sharna Prasad. She's a physical therapist. And she's not just a physical therapist. She's very, very busy um, in the Willamette Valley there in Oregon. So Sharna, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Um, I remember we met three years ago after I attended Lorimer Mosley's Explain Pain 3, and we had a very interesting conversation on the Paniac world. But let me just introduce myself. Um, I have been a physical therapist for the last 32 years. Um, I went to PT school in India and then came to New York City, um, went to school at NYU for my master's. Um, and then I have been practicing all over the country. I practiced in New York uh, for a while, in North Carolina um, for six years. It moved to Sharp Corvallis. Um, Oregon, and I've been here for the last, uh, I think, almost 21 years. Um, I uh, worked in Corvallis for about 14 years, and then I have recently moved, I mean, I would say around two and a half years ago to Lebanon, Oregon, which is a rural community in Oregon, and that is where I work, and I thoroughly enjoy treating chronic pain patients. Actually, that's the only thing I treat now. Uh, I'm also a pelvic floor therapist, but I'm not seeing that many patients unless they are complex pain patients. Um, so that is my background. I've done all kinds of things from nursing home to um, oncology work, to home health, to acute care, and rehab. Currently, my position is in an um, acute care hospital, but I primarily do outpatient, um, just general outpatient. And you, and you work for a hospital system, correct? I do. I work for Samaritan Health Services. Okay, got it. And then what I'm curious about, I mean, most, most healthcare providers, including physical therapists, um, they tend to dread treating chronic pain. And by the way, this is not just back pain. She mentioned pelvic floor pain, which is a huge problem, by the way. One of my friends, Dr. Cassius, actually specializes in pelvic floor pain. But she made a comment that caught my attention is that my attitude was actually the more complex the problem, the more I actually welcomed the situation. It actually, in some ways, it becomes more solvable the more complex it is. And so I, that caught my attention. But could you um, 
give us a little background about how you came to this perspective of how you enjoy treating chronic pain so much? Yeah, so I have my own chronic pain story. And I had um, neck pain when I was in my early 20s when I was in New York, um, working over there as a physical therapist and uh, hurt my neck, helping a patient stand up in a parallel bars. And I thought, oh, wow, that's painful. And oh, I'm a physical therapist. I should be able to treat it. Well, I was not. And my pain progressed and ended up two years went by. I started having ridiculous symptoms in both hands and um, started getting very worried about my pain. But why would I see a physical therapist? Because I was the physical therapist. I was supposed to know how to treat myself. So I saw a surgeon instead. And that surgeon um, did an MRI and said, you have a C5-6 disc herniation. And if you don't have surgery, you will be paralyzed. And I had a fear of being paralyzed. I guess we all do. Um, I walked out of that office and I thought, wait, wait a minute. If he thought that I would be paralyzed with this disc herniation, he would have sent me straight to the OR. Why did he let me walk out of that room? So I, I figured it was not an imminent danger yet. So I went back and I started taking some courses. And in a course, um, it was a McKenzie courses and I took all the training. And in one of the last courses, I was picked as a patient and I was shown how to move. And I learned how to move and I learned, I, I believed in that, what they showed. And um, six months later, I was pain-free. So my belief was that was the way to treat all patients. And I did that for years until I was in Corvallis and I hurt my back. And that was when I realized that nothing that I did, what I had learned from the McKenzie course was working. And I was very frustrated and in a lot of pain, I would get up, crawl out of bed, go to the gym, work out, go to work. I went from a sitting chair to a standing desk thinking sitting was the next smoking. Um, and that's when I met Dr. Carl, who started talking to me about pain science. And I thought he was absolutely crazy because he was telling me things like attitudes and beliefs of the therapist could change the patient's pain. And I'm like, that's that totally contrasted with my McKenzie training, which was very biomechanical in nature. Um, and I was I, I couldn't I was in total um, confusion in my head. But um, at the same time, I was very curious because I was in a lot of pain and nothing was helping me. So I wanted to see what he had to say, but it wasn't making sense to me at all. So let me ask you a quick question. So let me go back to your neck injury. So just explain to the audience, if you could, what ridiculous pattern is. In other words, as a surgeon, when I hear about neck pain, pain going down the arms, which is ridiculous pain, you start thinking about spinal cord injury, spinal cord impingement, paralysis. And how, long, how many years ago was that neck situation? My neck pain was in, uh, I have to go back now, um, 1990. A long time ago. Dating myself, obviously, yes. you're, obviously, you're not paralyzed. No, I'm not paralyzed. And oh. what my symptoms were tingling um, and um, prestige, I mean, decreased sensation in my fingers. Um, and it was patchy and would come on. It would be, and other times it would not be there. I felt it more when I was um, heading home than 
when I was at work. I did not feel it as much when I was at work. I was busy, I was enjoying my work, but when I was walking home from my hospital to the bus stop, that's when I would notice it the most, and it was a very helpless feeling. I just want to make, I just want to make a comment. I'm already in a book that's going to be published this fall called Do You Really Need Spine Surgery? And one of the lines I've heard my entire career, which I've always objected to strongly, is that there is a disc rupture. Sometimes the spinal cord is being pinched, sometimes it's not. But there's a common line that if you don't have surgery, that you're going to be paralyzed. I've never seen it happen. And generally, I think the risk of surgery is actually higher than the risk of being paralyzed. And I think it's a really unfair way to approach doing spine surgery. I mean, there are times where you have to do it, but it's pretty darn rare. And your story is quite typical that people actually say, look, I don't want to do this. They often do become better and do much better. When did this low back situation start? How long ago was that? Um, the low back situation was around 2013, 2015. Okay. That was when I was in a lot of pain, yeah. Kevin Kukaro is an anesthesiologist, uh, pain specialist in the um, Willamette Valley. And he and I have become good friends. And we basically have trained each other back and forth. And Sharna has also been part of my training. And then Dr. Laura Mosley has been training all of us. He's one of our, our gurus, so to speak. But um, and I, I think it, I, I had met Kevin at that point, right? Because I know Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Was, you, knew, was, you knew Kevin. Yeah, you right. knew so, Kevin at that time. Just to give you background, Kevin is an anesthesiologist, and he actually lost his job because he talked to patients, which is another discussion. And I had been on the chronic pain situation for a long time, and Kevin just thought he was losing his mind. So he and I had a big conversation, and he really took off like a rocket as far as really learning pain science. And so he's turned in turn become one of my mentors. And so Kevin and Sharna is part of this whole Willamette Valley Paniacs group. How many in your group now? Oh, David, we have so many now. We have gone from, so, okay, let's backtrack a little bit. So I came back from Seattle after we attended um, the Lerma Mosley and David Butler's Explain Pain 3. And we came so fired up. We said, oh my goodness, we are ready to take the world. And we started giving um, once a month a community talk. Okay. And it, it was um, Kevin Kukaro, Leanne Daish, and myself. And we just rotated amongst the three of us. And we just presented once a month to the community, bringing hope, bringing some excitement. And um, that, that group now, we have close to 30 to 50 people. I don't, I've lost wow. track of it. Because what has happened is the patients have started getting better and they are joining this group. And right now I was just having this conversation with the group um, and they're changing their name from the Mid-Valley Pain Alliance to Oregon Pain Science Alliance. Wow. Uh, and, and, and it's being led by patients, which is the best part. Wow. Uh, yeah, and they are, um, we are filing for a 501C and wow. we have make it and then the I don't even attend the meetings anymore because I feel like they are they're just taking it and running with it we have so many providers now who are signing up to talk and then um so we have the provider list and we have the patient story list so wow. and, and we have so many patients who want to talk that we have to restrict them and say well hold on you know what we can't have you repeat um we have so many other people so and we also have backups so if you have wow. a talk in corvallis we have one patient talking and in case that patient's not around we have two backups for each one wow. so it's, it's a very fun place to be right now 
So just to be clear, as far as I understand, Kevin Kukargan, a pain specialist who basically is out of practice right now, but dedicated really to getting this message out there, then Sharon's physical therapist, and you have, how many core physical therapists do you have as part of your group? Uh, we have, I would say, let's see, one, two, oh, at least five PTs, five. five to six, I think. I can't remember the exact number. And I was down last year and I gave a talk of uh, Kevin and I, and you were all on the stage and we had different people come up and talk. And it was the most, one of the most remarkable conferences I've been to with part of it being patients telling the stories, which were incredibly compelling. I'm curious after that conference, there was about 90 or 80 primary care physicians in the room. Did that seem to have an effect on the valley of that conference? Yes, it did. And this, so what was unique about the conference to your um, people who are listening is um, what we did was we invited some out of town speakers, like David Hanscom was one of them, Jaleta Bolton was one of them. And um, we had and a uh, Nora, Nora was from uh, Nora Stern from Portland was there, and what what was great about this conference was we had these outside speakers, but we went to our local speakers, to the people who were um, experts in sleep, experts in mood, psychologists, and um, movement and. Uh, diet and we went to our local speakers and said hey would you like to speak on diet sleep and they said sure and and we said but it's a pain conference but we want to make sure that your language of pain is in alignment with the rest of the speakers so they were like sure we would like to learn what the language of pain is so we had them attend dr kokaro's six-week training and that what that did was it it became a very smooth conference because right. everybody speaking the basics and we were not talking like pain science. Laura Mosley explained pain supercharge. We were talking one on one pain science and everybody got it. And the clinicians are now so fired up that, and so we have physicians, assistants, nurse practitioners, um, um, surgeons that are wanting to um, talk more. And we are using the term transdisciplinary team, which is basically- uh, I'm sorry, what was the term? The transdisciplinary team. Transdisciplinary team? Yeah, team. Meaning? But meaning, um, well, I don't have the exact definition in front of me, but the way I interpret is it is that, um, for example, I had a patient that I was working with pelvic floor who was doing very well um, with her program. And she was also seeing a psychologist, but she was not liking the cognitive behavior part of that psychology. So we were just sitting and talking and saying, what is her plan? Where is she going to go with this? And she said, I don't like doing this paperwork. I said, show me what that paperwork looks like. And she brought it out and I said, okay, let's go with this. This is what we talked about. These are the thoughts you have. Why don't you pick one of your thoughts? What are your emotions? What is the evidence for that thought? You know, and we walked them through that. So basically what it tells me is as clinicians, we don't need to be locked into physical therapy. Well, I wasn't moving at that time. I wasn't taking the patient for a walk. I wasn't exercising, but I was helping them get to where they needed to be. So right. dealing with um, their problems or their obstacles rather, and right. helping them remove that. 
And I have one more example for that transdisciplinary model. Our um, surgeon, um, she's a uh, bariatric surgeon, um, Dr. Erica Lavelle. So we, she and I were talking about this and she said, my patients don't walk enough. I said, why don't you have your consult while you're walking with these patients? So she has one hour consults with her patients. She takes all her patients for a walk. Are she you gets <laughs> it's so lovely. So it's it's like we are passing this. Wow. <laughs> we, we have fun. Was she the general surgeon that gave the talk on nutrition? Yes, yes. That's one of the best talks I've ever heard. It was unbelievable. Yes, um, she's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I thought that conference might have an impact. It was a remarkably smooth, organized conference. And I forget that Dr. Kakaro had asked people to, run, to go through the course. I somehow snuck by that little course. No, uh, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was not him. We insist, we as organizers insisted that we needed a course that they all needed to take. And I believe that's the best course that's out there because I've taken I have taken so many courses in um, in pain right. that I feel that he's the he's the best right now. Yeah, you know what happens with a lot of courses? People put together six or seven talks, and they're not really necessarily continuity. And this was a wonderful patient stories and concept. In, in that. So on the second podcast, we're going to talk about your approach and, and how it works. But I'd love to hear. Um, okay, so I still I did skip ahead. So let's like to quickly up finish up your neck resolution story about how that transformed you into what you do. I know you talked to Kevin Kukara, but when you talked to Kevin and they went through your own neck healing process, there was some basic shift had to occur, some paradigm shift about pain that allowed you to be excited about it. Because my concept is, is that if you're not treating pain correctly, you'll be frustrated because it's not going to work. When you treat pain correctly, as you see the success is, of course, you're going to get excited about it. So I'm just curious, what in your in your thinking changed that allowed you to be so excited about treating pain? So what happened was when I met Dr. Kokaro and he and I were talking for a long time, I was not ready to listen to him. There was, there, I had blocks of my own. I had my personal story of pain. I was talking to him, but I was coming from such a biomechanical perspective that I was not ready to listen to the brain and all that and the belief system and uh, attitudes and all that. So I, 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 pushed him, you know, like in the sense, not pushed him physically, but there was this resistance on my end that he's not a physical therapist. He's not talking my language. He doesn't understand the body like I do. So there was that whole resistance. And I, I, I won't, you won't believe it, David. It was for a whole year. He and I met once a month and had lunch together. And I would be, yeah, 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 but I'm not convinced. So then, but I, I had so much pain that I wanted to get better and nothing that I knew was working. And I was so frustrated with my own profession. And I was so frustrated with myself that where was I going with this? So I went to CSM, which is our combined section meeting, which is the national physical therapy meeting. And that is where I sat and listened to Adrian Now I think it was, he was, yeah, I don't think I know. He was a speaker and there were, there's a large group of people sitting over there. This was in Anaheim, California. I'm sorry, and who was the speaker? Adrian Lau. Oh, Adrian Lau. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know he's a, just let the group know, he's very active at a national level educating physical therapists on the neuroscience of chronic pain, correct? 
Yes, he is. And, and, and he's called, yeah. is it energy in motion? Is that what he does? Is that what he does? Uh, ev evidence in motion. Evidence ev in motion. And I will say really quickly that the physical therapy world, I think in a large part due to his efforts, is way more open to these ideas than mainstream medicine. And by the way, just to be really clear, this is mainstream medicine. This is basic neuroscience. This has basically been around for 10 years in the, in the research. Mainstream medicine right now is simply ignoring the data. But anyway, it's a different conversation. Okay, yeah. so Adrian Lowe was part of your transition. Yeah. So, and so Adrian Lowe was there at that conference, and the first sentence he asked was, what is pain? And I thought, I thought it was such a dumb question, what is pain? I said, we all know what is pain. You know, you get hurt, and you have pain. You have tissue damage, and you have pain. And somebody in the audience said, pain is about protection. And I was like, no, it's not. Pain's not about protection. Pain's about damage. And, and Adrian kept talking and I was just sitting there with my jaw open going, what are you talking about? Pain is about protection. So that changed my whole perspective. And I just could not believe what was being said. And of course, I had not read, done as much reading as, you know, I should be because, you know, I was raising kids at that time too. And, and that's when I was like, oh my goodness. So then I reflected back to my neck pain and said, wait a minute, at that time, the psychosocial factors that were affecting me were huge. I was, I had moved from India. I was missing my family. There was this loneliness that was part of my life. And I would not feel it when I was at work. I would walk home and I would feel that loneliness being in the apartment or whatever it was. I didn't realize that. And then when I took the McKenzie courses and they, they taught me how to move safely or somebody paid attention to me and, and said, you're okay, you're safe. And before I know, my body started feeling safe and started healing. But now I know that. I didn't know it at that time. But how about your low back? What solved your low back problem? Was yes. it the same thing? So the low back, then I, I, I'm sitting there at that talk, Evan Adrian Lowe is talking, and I'm reflecting on all these things. And I go, wait a minute, what's going on with my low back? So I look at, I look at the bigger picture and I had so much stress going on with my kids, which I didn't realize how it was impacting my body. My, you know, my oldest daughter was the gem and I love her to death now, but at that time was a typical teenager who was challenging every piece of me. And she and I were conflicting and I was scared that she, she was my mirror. She was doing right. all the things I was doing as a teenager and I was scared for her, but I did not realize how those things were impacting my life and right. once I realized that my body is safe and I am strong because I was working out I was doing all the right things so what was it that my you know could have gone wrong with my back so once I addressed those things I, I think the back pain um, which I suffered for more than two years um, was better in like three months, I went back to yoga. One of the big things with Mackenzie is um, don't bend forward, don't bend forward. And oh my gosh, that is all my body needed was forward flexion. And I, I, I went ahead and did everything. I went into yoga and started taking care of my mental health and physical health and social health. Well, it's interesting that you say that because really what I concluded, the essence of solving chronic pain is actually connecting to your own capacity to heal, which means basically feeling safe. And when you feel safe, it has a dramatic alteration in body's chemistry, being full of oxytocin, dopamine, and the love drugs, et cetera, compared to stress chemicals, which keeps your body in hyper alert, 
which also increases your sensitivity to pain, which makes sense from a survival standpoint. So um, anyway, so I, this is a great background. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about your current approach to pain, how it evolved, and, and how you approach your patients. And also, we'll obviously have to hear some patient successes. But you just told us two success stories of yourself, your neck and your low back. And yeah, we'll talk about pain more in the next episode, but this has really been excellent. Do you have any specific thoughts to the audience before we close this part of the session? Uh, my only thought is know your pain. Just take some time to understand who you are and what are the factors that are contributing to your pain experience. I think that, uh, and not just wait till you have pain in your body, just everything, the whole life itself. And that's just our stress physiolo physiology, right? It's right. our body's healthy. So, yeah, I mean, pain is your friend. I mean, it's what protects you. We do know people are born without pain fibers. It's called congenital indifference to pain. They don't actually survive until about you know, maybe 10 years old at the most because they just can't protect themselves. So pain, pain is a specific protection mechanism that's very elegant. It's what keeps us alive. And so it is, a, it is an interpretation of sensory input. But anyway, thank you very, very much. And uh, we're uh, anxious to hear about the part of your podcast, how, how you approach pain now. And I've heard your stories. I've talked to your patients, and it's remarkable. And I'm really curious from my perspective about how you actually approach chronic pain. So thank you. Thank you, David. Well, thank you, Sharna, for joining us on the show today and sharing your journey through pain and the insights that you developed from it and now that you're sharing to a much wider community. And I want to remind our listeners that we'll be back next week with another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And if you want more information, visit our website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.